Well, I'm going to raise two questions that I just want you to think about. First of all, what is hell like and what is heaven like? And I want you to know there's a whole bunch of views. And if you talk to the average person, you may say, what do you think hell is like? And, and they'll try to describe it or they'll try to tell you what's going on. And then if you ask them, what is heaven like? What's it like? Well, oftentimes, here's what people say. What is hell like? Well, people say that hell is like uh, some place they think it's in the heart of the earth, and it's ruled by the devil, and he has, uh, he's got a red outfit, and he's got a pitchfork, and he's got horns, and he looks horrible, and it's place, and it's real hot, and he controls hell, and he's going back and forth. And so when somebody who's bad, or we'd say it this way, somebody who doesn't believe in Christ, when they die, they go straight into hell, and it's a horrible place. And then you say, well, what, what about, what is heaven then? What is heaven? Well, heaven is, 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 is this beautiful place that, uh, that when you die, you like become an angel, and like you just go, and you get wings and you go up into heaven and it's like clouds and music and and uh, everything's beautiful and uh, there's probably elevator music playing and it's just a wonderful time and and you ask them what do you do in heaven and they go we don't really know I think we just like sit around uh, or something and so that's people's view. A lot of it, is that not right? Is that what you heard people say that hell is where devil is and the devil's controlling hell and all this and heaven is just a place where uh, you just sort of float along? Well, both, there's some right about this and some wrong about this, but let's think about hell. Hell in the Bible is called the lake of fire and the devil is not in control in hell. In fact, he's not in hell. In fact, the best we can tell, there's nobody in the lake of fire at this time. And the lake of fire was prepared for the devil and his angels. And the best we can say, nobody, when a person dies, they do not go to the lake of fire if they're an unbeliever. We'll talk more about it in a minute. When we talk about heaven, heaven, what, heaven, what, what will it be like for all eternity? It's not in the heavens, but it's on a new earth. And when you think about the eternal state and where you're going to be forever, when you go to Revelation chapter 20, 21, and 22, especially 21 and 22, there is a description of the eternal place, and it's called the new heavens and the new earth, and there's a city called New Jerusalem. And what will we do for all eternity? What will we do? We'll serve him. We're not sitting around... Uh, with angel wings, playing a harp, eating Snickers. You know, it's not what it is. And so we're going to see how that is. And so there's just a big conception. And let me tell you two things that, that I see with this conception. There are some people who think the moment you die, you go to hell, and Satan is the ruler of hell. And the other is that you, the moment you die, you go to heaven, and you're just sort of in some place floating around. And I've talked to people who've said, heaven sounds boring. I mean, if that's what you do. Well, it's not, and, and that's not what you do. So we'll talk more about that. And so what happens to people when they die? Where do they go? So let's put this together, and let's look at it this way. Let's start with believers. Uh, hope and pray my, my assumption, which may be a bad assumption, but I think it's right, that every one of you in this room, you have put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. You've trusted him for what? Eternal life. So if you died, you're, you're a believer, so where do believers go? 2 Corinthians 5, 8, be of good courage, I say, and rather to be absent from the body and to be where? At home, present with the Lord. When a believer dies, when we talk about when we die, we leave, the body goes into the ground, but where does our soul and spirit go? Where does it go? To be with where? With the Lord. Now, where, where is Jesus? He's seated where? 
at the right hand of the throne of God. So when you die, if it, there's, there's people who actually say things like, when you die, when you, when, in a sense, in a, like a moment of a twinkle of an eye, all of a sudden, who do you see? Who do you see? Jesus. I think so. Listen, I, I don't think you're going to die, and, and all of a sudden you're in something, and you don't see anybody, and then like St. Peter walks up and says, hey, how you doing? And, you know, we'll try to get you in. I, I think that the absent from the body is what? Present with the Lord. I think the face you see will be Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ, in a what? Human body. And he will say, I'm glad you made it. I wish it had been better, but I'm glad you made No, I'm just saying, but the bottom line. And so, to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. There's no separation. Listen, is he with you now? He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. What should you fear? So he's with us now, right? The moment you die, where are you? You're with him. So you're never going to be separated. Never going to be separated. And so what happens is, we'll, we'll, uh, after, after to be absent from the body's present Lord, we come back with the Lord to the earth to reign on this earth for a thousand years, and then we go into the eternal state. And let me just remind you, so here we are in the church age. If we die, to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. We're with him. When he comes back to set up the kingdom, we come back with him. We rule for a thousand years, and then on into eternity. So that's believers. That's us, okay? Now, let's talk about Unbelievers, okay? Unbelievers. What happens to them? When an unbeliever dies physically, they suffer eternal death. And, and they go, first of all, the soul goes to a place called Hades, which is the heart of the earth. And next week, the last lesson, we're going to spend the most, a lot of the time looking at Hades, the heart of the earth. It's called Sheol. We'll talk more about it. But the soul, the body goes in the ground for an unbeliever, and the soul goes to a place called Hades, which is the heart of the earth. The Old Testament word is Sheol. New Testament word is Hades. And this, they go to that place. We're going to get more details later. But then ultimately, they go to the lake of fire. Okay, and the best we can tell right now, not anyone is in the lake of fire. Does anybody have an idea of who the first person who will ever be in the lake of fire, best we can tell from Scripture? Antichrist. We call him the beast that comes up out of the sea. Exactly right. Look at this verse right here, Revelation 20, verse 15. And anyone's name was not found written in the book of life. How do you get your name in the book of life? You believe in Jesus Christ. These are unbelievers. They have not believed in Jesus Christ. So if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, and it wasn't, he was thrown into the lake of fire. And so the best that we could tell, here's the unbeliever dies. They go in the ground, and their body in the ground, and they're in the heart of the earth. They will be raised right here to stand before what's known as the great white throne judgment. If their names are not found written in the book of life, they're cast into the lake of fire. So that's the unbeliever and the believer. So today, if somebody said, what happens? Well, when a believer dies, they go to be with Jesus and they ultimately the eternal state. Unbeliever dies, they're separated from God, they go to Hades, the Sheol, and then ultimately the lake of fire. So that's what we see and that's today. But it has not always been this way. In fact, there's something different. We find out that before Jesus Christ died on the cross, and paid for sins, unbelievers and believers went to the same place. They went to Sheol. They went to Hades and Sheol, and we're going to talk in a lot of detail next week about this place in the heart of the earth that 
Believers went to one section of it, and unbelievers went or go to another section of it, and we'll talk more about that. But what happened? What changed? Well, if you remember back in Genesis chapter 3, when God makes the promise, he says the seed of woman will crush the head of the serpent. When did the seed of woman, Jesus Christ, crush the head of the serpent, which is the devil? When did that happen? On the cross, when Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid for what? Paid for the sins of everybody. See, this is what's the key. Most people don't grasp this. Jesus paid for the sins of everybody. Every human being, past, present, and future, believers or unbelievers, he did that. So at a point in time in history, Hebrews 2.9, Jesus Christ tasted death for every person. At 1 John 2.2, 2, he's the satisfactory payment, not for our sins only, but for the sins of the entire world. So Jesus Christ paid for all sin, for all time, for all people. So you understand that the sin barrier, now think about this, from Adam and Eve to Jesus' death on the cross, had sin been paid for? No. And so there's a barrier for both believers and unbelievers to be in the presence of God because what? There's a sin debt that hasn't been paid for. Now, God basically says that the Old Testament sacrifices covered up all sins that people you know, did until the payment was made. And that payment is Jesus Christ. That's why in the Old Testament when they offered sacrifices, we don't say the sacrifices paid for sin. We say the sacrifices did what? Covered sin. What's the, what's the biggest day in the Old Testament for Jewish people dealing with sin? Anybody remember what it was called? The day of atonement. What does the word atonement mean? Covering. It was the day they covered sin. That's what it was all about. So bottom line is that uh, Jesus Christ died and paid for sin. Now here's the key. Whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, salvation in both Old Testament and New Testament is always the same way, by faith. Understand that in the Old Testament, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. He was a saved person. Did he have the payment for sin? No. In the New Testament, you believe, you put your faith in Jesus Christ and he gives you what? Eternal life and you're saved forever. Do you have the payment for sin? Yes. And Now, so the payment for sin is not the basis of salvation. Understand this. Let me tell you why it's important. Because there's a whole group of believers or people who say that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he paid for the sins of certain people, not all people. Because they say that the payment of sin equals salvation. So if Jesus dies for you and pays for your sin, that automatically saves you. That's not true. How many people in the Old Testament had their sins paid for? Zero. How many of them were saved? Many. How many people in the New Testament have their sins paid for? Everybody. How many are saved? No, only those who believe. So the payment for sin does not equal salvation. That is a huge thing. And that's why the Bible doesn't say, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever has the payment of sin will not perish, but have everlasting life. It says, whosoever what? Believes. And so salvation, both in Old Testament and New Testament, is the same way. It's just by faith. Think about this. Genesis 15, 6, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. When Abraham believed, that's faith, he was counted righteous. In other words, he was given God's righteousness. And so he's a believer and he's called a righteous person. And then in, in the New Testament, Romans 4, 5, but the one who does not work but believes 
in him who justifies the ungodly. His faith is counted as what? Righteousness. Let me ask you this question. How many of you in this room are perfectly righteous before God? Uh, uh, did every end go up? I hope. If you've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, what has he given you? His righteousness, and you're saved forever. Charlene's dancing back there because she's so happy about it. But anyway, that, I mean, that's really true, right? So all of us who have believed in Jesus Christ, we have his righteousness. When Abraham believed in the coming Messiah, which is Jesus, but he didn't know him by that name, did he get the same righteousness that you have? Exactly. Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. So realize, now here's the key, and this is what I want you to see. And, and, and then we, we might have just a little bit of time for any questions. But I want you to see this. Before the, the, before the payment of sin, before Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for sin, believers saved by what? But this is before he died on the cross. So we might say, this is Old Testament. Believers were saved how? But they had what? No payment. What about unbelievers? They're not saved. Why? Because you're saved by what? And they didn't have, and that, that's no faith, but they didn't have the payment. Is that right? Okay, then now look at this. After the payment of Jesus Christ, we're believers. We're saved how? Do we have the payment of sin? Yes. What about unbelievers? They're not saved. Why? They don't believe. Do they have the payment of sin? Yes. You've got to grasp that when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for the sins of the entire, What? World. And when he rose from the grave, he conquered death for every person. See, that's what we've been getting at, that Jesus Christ gives us victory over death. And victory over death is not just for believers. It's even for unbelievers. However, they're going to be raised from the dead to be separated from God forever. We're raised from the dead to be with Jesus Christ forever. So that's really the big deal. Now, what I want you to see, and I'm going to talk about it, and, and we'll open it up for questions because we got plenty of time. This lesson is not a very long lesson. I wanted to have time for you to ask any kind of questions. Luke 16 talks about a place called the heart of the earth. In the Old Testament, that place was called Sheol. Sheol means place of the dead. In the New Testament, it's called Hades, and that means place of the dead. And so it's in the heart of the earth. And, and let me put this back again. Uh, so Sheol, it's the same place, and you'll find that he'll say someone died and they went to the place of the dead, or they went to Sheol. Uh, even David, when he writes the psalm, and he says, you will not leave my soul in Sheol, or your anointed one in Sheol. The whole that bottom line is they're saying it won't leave us in the place of the dead. And we find that because of, there's, because of no payment for sin, both believers... And unbelievers went to the heart of the earth when they died. Now, you remember, Jesus is on the cross, right? Who's beside him? Two thieves, right? At the start of him being on the cross at nine in the morning, what are these two thieves doing? They're making fun of him. And then as time goes by, one of the thieves uh, begins to realize who Jesus is. And one thief is making fun of Jesus and saying, if you really something, get us off this thing. And this other one says, hey, we're up here because we deserve to be up here, but he didn't deserve to be up here. And then he says these famous words, don't forget me when you come in your what? Kingdom. What's he saying? You're the king. You're the Messiah. You're the Savior. I, I trust in you, and I know I'm dying, but when you come as the king to the earth, 
don't forget me. What does Jesus say to him? Today you'll be with me where? In paradise. Where is paradise? That's the heart of the earth. And let me remind you of something. The Jewish people came up to Jesus and they asked him for a sign. We've been seeing it on Sunday morning that Jesus is doing miracle after miracle after miracle. And what did they say about his miracles? He's, done, he's doing it by the power of the, the devil. And then some of them come up to him one time and they say, we really like a sign from you. And he's already given them like 30 signs. And so he says, I'm not going to give you another sign except the sign of Jonah the prophet. As Jonah was in the belly of the great fish, how long? Three days and three nights. So must the Son of Man be where? In the heart of the earth. How long? Three days and three nights. What's in the heart of the earth? Today you'll be with me in paradise. Where did Jesus go when he died? Went to the heart of the earth. He went to Hades. And he went on the good side, which we call the heart, the paradise side. There's a bad side which unbelievers go to. And so we said, because there had not been a payment for sin. Now what Jesus is going to do, he's going to go down there. He's paid for sin. You know what he's going to do with all those believers in the heart of the earth on the paradise side? He's going to take them up to heaven. And now, to be absent from the body is to be where? Present with the Lord. We'll see more of that next time. Let me give you, let me give you some applications, and then we, we'll have time for a, three or four minutes, or maybe five minutes for questions if you want to ask any questions. So let's look at this. Let's realize... That the, death, uh, that the death of Christ has changed where people go when they die. Think about that. The death of Christ has changed where people go when they die. And by the way, if you want to, just mark something down like Luke 16. And between now and next Sunday, read Luke 16, the story of it's Lazarus and, and, the, and the rich man and Lazarus. Okay? And we have the beggar there and all of that. We'll talk about that. So let's realize that the death of Christ has changed where people go when they die. Second is, let's understand that by faith in Christ, at death, believers go into the presence of Jesus Christ. First, it's into Christ's presence, seated in the heavenly places, and then ultimately, it's to the eternal state. Okay, does that make sense? All right, now look at this one. Let's understand that by the rejection of Jesus Christ, Unbelievers at death are separated from Christ. And first, they go to Hades, to the heart of the earth. Now, in this Hades place, there was a place called Paradise, or Abraham's bosom, which is the good side. The other side doesn't really have a name, but they said that they were in torments. So we often just say that side's called torments because we don't have a name for it. And so they first they go to Hades, to the torment side, and then ultimately to the lake of fire. So that's what we have. So let's do this. Questions, comments, anything about what we've seen, about where people go when they die before or after.